If you'll excuse a personal note uh, before we launch this missile. Uh, so it's 23 years today that, um, well, it's my 23rd anniversary, whatever you say. I start my 24th year. Oh, uh, <laughs> Just happy I didn't have kids. I know. So it's, uh, uh, but what's really neat is uh, Danielle's here, and at my 10th anniversary mass, she came up and sang. Do you remember that? Yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful she's here with her beloved, and I got to witness their vows 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, yay. So anyway, um, I got a question that when I was looking at these readings, the Lord really kind of biffed me with. And, and I want to get it in our heart so we can chew on it for a bit, okay? And the question is, uh, do you want to be holy, right? Don't answer that. You know, uh, your neighbors will judge you, okay? Uh, but this is a big deal to me. It, it struck me. I'd like to get to heaven. That would be nice, yeah? I'd rather avoid hell. Uh, I'd really, really rather avoid hell. But do I want to be holy? Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember the stories of the saints. Did, did, did you guys get this in religious ad where they would pick the goriest stories of martyrdom? Yeah. And I don't know if it was just because we were boys, but it was always like, this saint was torn to pieces over six days, you know. And now we'll tell you in detail. And I remember thinking, you know, being a saint, yikes. Yeah. Those guys got a rough. And to some extent, I was like, well, Lord, how about if we get me to good enough to get in the door? Yeah? Uh, uh, but bad enough where I'm not breaking any records, right? Uh, you know, how about that? And it wasn't until really seminary where I read about the saints. I'm like, well, they were happy. They were deeply happy people. One of my favorites, St. Anthony of Padua, um, died before he was 32. And he died of exhaustion. He was just so happy doing what he was doing. He forgot everything except praying with people, loving on them. This is a beautiful dude. And everybody who talked about him said the same thing, not look how ridiculously holy he is, but ready? Look how happy he is. And that's with almost every saint you're gonna read about. We were made to be holy, guys. That's what we were made for. And that's why I think we waste so much of our precious energy on stuff we kind of don't, we know won't work, but we figure if we just try harder, it might. Yeah? Being holy has got to be our goal. And I think to some extent, well, what I would love to do is walk us through a few images from our Lord, I believe, in our readings. How can we do it? How can we be holy? What does that look like? And the first one, I think I used this image a couple years ago, and I'm just going to assume you forgot, you know? Uh, and if you're listening and you remember, I have a really long bulletin article this week. You know, you can just read that. Uh, but it came when I was in Elat, which is the southernmost city in Israel. And I had six buddies with me, and we wanted to walk to Sinai, Mount Sinai, where Moses got the Ten Commandments, and then to Egypt. We basically wanted to do what the Israelites did, 
but without all the, you know, flames from heaven and the poisonous snakes and stuff. So we got it in our skulls that we were going to walk through the Taba Peninsula, it's called, and we'll, we'll do it. It took Moses 40 years. It took us about eight days. I don't want to brag, but I don't want to say I'm better than Moses, but uh, clearly I'm faster. Uh, but so here was the thing when we got to Elot, there was a Bedouin who met us and, and he was like, you're not, you're going to do this without a guide. And you know, we were 24. It was like, oh yeah, no problem. And uh, he said, well, here's the thing. You need to mountain hop, mountain hop. And then he explained what it was. That you and I, every human, uh, your right leg is just a touch shorter than your left leg. Do you know about this? And if you think you're walking in a straight line, you give a human seven miles and they'll actually walk in a big old circle, right? And then, you know, if you're in the desert, you know, it's, you, you crest the hill filled with sand and the next thing, it's a hill filled with sand. You, you can't tell, it all looks the same. And he said, this happened all the time to people who don't mountain hop. They just go, well, that's east. And they head east, but one leg shorter. And in seven miles, they're right where they started. And he said, and if the wind covers your tracks, they won't even know it. They'll just keep going in circles and in circles. And he said, what you got to do is pick out the tallest mountain peak in the direction you're going. So our first direction, we were going south. So you look south, there it is. And he says, now lock your eyes on that mountaintop and walk. And keep your eyes on it. Don't stare too much at the ground. Don't look too much around you. Look at that top of the mountain and stay on it till you're there. That's mountain hopping. And that's how Moses would have got everybody through the desert in 40 years. Again, I did it in eight. Yeah. I want us to think of that for a couple reasons. If we're going to strive for holiness, the first step is prayer. There's no way around us. There's just... No way. You cannot be holy if you don't pray. Prayer is oxygen for our soul. It's how our soul breathes. When we're not praying, our soul is holding its breath. And if, for some of us, we might be like, well, what kind of prayer? How do I do it right? You really can't mess it up. You can't. Dr. Peter Crave, best thing ever. He says, you know, two minutes of bad prayer is better than an hour or a day of no prayer. Just talk to God. Just talk to him. Tell them what you're worried about. Tell them what you're thinking about. Tell them why you love him. And listen, that's prayer. We gotta pray. And one of my struggles in prayer, besides the fact that I'm a spacey little man, is that I would spend for years in my prayer, I would come to God with what I'm worried about and what I'm sorry about, rightly so, yeah? What am I sorry about? Your sins. I don't have any of my own. But you guys, whew, you know, uh, no, I bring the Lord my sins. The first thing I try to do, look at the seven deadly sins. I don't want to brag, but I've mastered gluttony. Um, you're welcome. Whatever I've got in there, I give to Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to do better. Help me do better. And then sometimes after that, I get into what I'm worried about. And I'm a world class worrier. I worry about my family, I worry about us, I worry about, you know, every, I'm a worrier. If worrying could get me to heaven, I'd already be there, huh? But 
But what would happen is I would sit with our Lord and I'd walk away more anxious and even sad. Why? Because I just spent an hour about what I messed up and what I'm scared of. I forgot to look at the mountaintop. That I'm supposed to give him my sins and my worries and then just stare at him, not my problems. If in my prayer time I'm thinking of who God is, then I can see how much bigger he is than my sins. Then I can see how much bigger he is than my worries. That at the start of that prayer time, yeah, give him your sins. At the start of that prayer time, yeah, give him your worries and what you're concerned about. But then think about him. You have all day to think about the other stuff. Think about his vastness in comparison to our sin. Look what we do at the beginning of Mass. Let's call to mind our sins. And then what? Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Now we move on. We move on and what do we focus on? God, you're beautiful. God, you're powerful. Thank you. That's why even some of the days you don't want to be here, you come. Because some part of your soul gets that. That when we mountain hop, our eyes are not fixed on our sins and what we're worried about. They're fixed on the answer to what we're worried about and the cure for our sins. Does this make sense? Okay. Here's the second way we can keep our eye on the mountaintop. And this one stinks. I'm so sorry. I wish there was an easier way. But I didn't make the rules. Okay. In our lives, here at Mass, at work, at home, and everywhere else in between. Make this line, right? Make this line. And then start moving things to one side of the line or the other. And here's the two sides. On one side is the things I am called to control and that I can control. And then the other section is all the things I can't control or I'm not called to control. And then live on the side of the things you're called to control. Live on the side of the things you can control, which is it's about this much. Yeah. Why? Because we're killing ourselves, guys. We're trying to control what we weren't meant to. Trying to cure every little irritation in our life by fixing those people instead of letting God make us holy and letting them be free. You and I were made to be free. We don't do well in slavery. And how often do we enslave ourselves to circumstances and situations we have no control over? One of my favorite stories of this is from my last assignment, and I had three parishes for a bit, and then I was down to two, right? And it's a handful. I don't know if you picked up. I'm not that bright, you know. So I had these two parishes, and then I get a call. We need you to take a third again. Um, okay, yeah. So I'm in my truck, and I'm not at all upset. And I get a call from a young priest who's like, hey, great news. I got a call. The bishop's sending me to Rome to get another degree. Okay. I just picked up a third parish. And you're going to Rome for more letters behind your name. Yeah? And I got angry. 
I mean, yeah. I didn't tell him. I was like, hey, way to go, you know. And in my head, I'm thinking I could start a fire, right? And a true story, my brother called me right then. No clue what was going on. It's like, hey, how's it going, little brother? Oh, I told him. Yeah. I pulled the pin. I threw the grenade, you know, and it blew up. And he said to me when I finished raging, when I finished raging, this is what he said. I'm dead serious. Are you in any position where your opinion on this matters? No. <laughs> Has anyone from downtown called and said, Joe, do you have thoughts on this? No. And this would be said. Well, then shut up and do your job. Yeah. And it struck me, and I mean this. I'm the most blessed person in the world. Oh, shoot, I got to pray more masses. I get to absolve more sins. What kind of jerk am I? And not only that, but of course, over time, what did I find out? There was a plan here. And it was a good plan. When I saw the plan, why we send the guy, I'm like, I was glad I supported that from the beginning. <laughs> Thank God for me. I can't tell you how many times in my life I run into this. And how often I choose to enslave myself to something I have no control over. And I'm so busy sometimes trying to control the things I can't that I let this turn into a tornado. About you, this is enough for me. It's it's a lot of work to be holy. And if I'm so busy trying to fix everybody else, what is wrong with me? I lose control of myself trying to fix something else. We're supposed to serve others, not fix them. And I don't need you to be perfect for me to love you. And clearly, you don't need me to be perfect to love me. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. Those are two things. I know this is long. Hang in there. We're almost done. But those two things, we lock our eyes on that mountaintop. So when we pray, our focus is on God. Take out the garbage and then let him take it out. Focus on him. The second thing is we stop trying to control what we can't and what we're not called to. And we focus our energy to change on the interior and our energy to serve on the exterior, even though the other is easier. And the third thing, we never, ever give up. We never, ever concede defeat in the fight to be holy. This tiny little mustard seed that's our faith, he treasures it. And don't you dare for a minute buy the lie that it's insignificant. God does not despise our tiny bumbling efforts. He treasures them. He can turn that little mustard seed in our heart to a tree that everything takes shade in. Never give up. Nothing is small internally in our fight to be holy. And never for a minute think God doesn't see you and loves what he sees. Those days when you pick to be virtuous, those days when you said, I'm going to honor my spouse, even though one of us is insane. Those days where you love your kids, you might not like them. Whatever it may be, you stayed in the fight, and our Lord saw it, and he treasured that tiny little mustard seed. Don't you dare despise it.
So we got to decide, guys, if we want to be holy. Want to squeak into heaven? We should probably find an easier religion. Yeah? You want to go for it? You want to be saints? You want to light the world on fire? We got to be holy. We can only do it through Jesus. So we pray, we keep our eyes on him, and we never, ever give up. Amen?